2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill.
1: Now we got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill.
2: 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now.
3: Roses are red, violets are blue, Jay Rosso was a bud, and now he's a stud. Presented by PointsBet Canada and Montana's, it's a Tuesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosso. How do I do, Rosie? Happy Valentine's Day, buddy.
0: Happy Valentine's Day. You were up late thinking of that thing, obviously. That was fantastic. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look at this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my buddy Jesse Ralph. My buddy Jesse Ralph put that together. He's sort of the king uh, behind social media when it comes to NHL Network Radio. So I said, hey, give me an idea for Rose Hill. That's what he brought my way. And here we are on this Tuesday edition of the show. What kind of Valentine's Day guy are you? I know you're married. Your wife's probably watching right now. Are you like Mr. Romantic? Uh.
0: Oh, no. I, I, uh, I mean, how many times can you do a good idea that's new and thoughtful and holy? I don't know. went out for sushi last night. Sushi is okay. our favorite thing to get. Get some flowers and a card with some nice mentions inside. And then we're going to take the boys to BP's for some heart-shaped pizzas tonight. But she likes it, so I try to do something. But damn, it's hard to think of something, something good and thoughtful every bloody day. Because then it's birthday, and then it's Christmas. It's just
3: never-ending. Let me fill you in on something. Valentine's Day is an absolute scam. And this comes from a single dude who's disgustingly single. It's a scam, man. Like, it's, it's every day's Valentine's Day, right? Like, why should we pick a specific day to tell somebody we love them, right?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit of a corporate scam. But girls do like <laughs> that thing. And they like getting doted yeah. on and getting presents and being thought of. So I'm not surprised yeah. that they, like, to jump on board with it. And then we're stuck holding the bag, hoping to uh, not disappoint.
3: Yeah, that's probably why I'm single, to be fair. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. Don't forget to visit the LeafsNation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs as producer Alex just put on the screen our new YouTube page at the Leafs Nation four oh one at the Leafs Nation four oh one where you can follow along with our clips, our interviews, our gags. Our reels, whatever happens, Rosie talking shit about LeBron James, that's where you're going to find it, at the Leafs Nation 401. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to those in about 20 minutes or so. Our feature presentation, Rosie, another insider, another week, another insider. We get close to the March 3rd NHL trade deadline. TSN's hockey insider, Darren Dreger, is going to stop by in about seven minutes from now. Can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, it's been nice. We've been waiting to have him on. He's kind of the main man with the inside info on all this. And I'm, I'm the first to admit, I, I can't follow the trade rumor mill as, as close as some guys can. I just kind of like to wait and see when something's done and then analyze it. But he's the guy who's got his finger on the pulse of all the rumors and might haves and seeing what's going on in the league. So it'll be interesting to see what his thoughts are, especially with the Maple Leafs this year
3: we got to get you a T-shirt. And number two, Vladislav Gavrikov. There you you see it. Someone make a trade. TeamLTD.com is where you can find it. link in my bio on Instagram and Twitter if you'd like to purchase one of those T-shirts. And more giveaways, by the way, are coming your way. But the other bit of news here on this Valentine's Day, Vladislav Gavrikov, who's a defenseman with the Columbus Blue Jackets, we just saw him this past weekend, um, trade-related reasons will not play tonight for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound imminent, but – that's another guy that the Leafs could be poking around on. So uh, ma- make sure to keep a lock to, to Dregs coming up in about eight minutes or so from now. And also the trade front in general, whether it be Chikrin or Vladislav Gavrikov. Again, trade-related reasons will not play tonight. That's the latest for the Columbus Blue Jackets. For now, let's get over the boards. All right, let's take a look at this week's schedule and quite a fluff piece, if you ask me, Rosie, but there's no fluff pieces in Leafsland, as we know. Wednesday, tomorrow, home to Chicago. Saturday, home to Montreal. And then Sunday at Chicago. So I ask you this. What's the over-under you set on points this week for the Maple Leafs, the highest being six, the lowest being zero? Does it matter? And what would piss you off if they got to, like, three? Three is a piss-off. You got to quit splitting with
0: these basement dwellers man it's embarrassing but we know how much trouble we have with that team on Saturday and the uh, Montreal Canadiens and you know two games in a week against uh, the Blackhawks I mean they should be must win games but when you look at the guys that are on that if they decide to find some old magic they're a tough team to play against and as we found out there's no easy wins in this league as we split with the Columbus Blue Jackets Still, to me, I mean, you're not going to win every game 5-1 against the bottom teams just because they're below you in the standings. But for a team that considers themselves top echelon team that needs to go deep in the playoffs and has finally constructed a team that should be a contender, you'd think you, after, you know, what, six losses against garbage teams, they'd start to figure out, you know, their identity on how to put some some rubber to the road when they play in these teams. So it'll be an interesting week. I hope that... uh, You know, I think four points, nothing less than that would be uh, even acceptable. And, you know, five, obviously six points would be would be nice because as you can see, we'll probably get to that next round here. They're getting their heels nipped at by the Tampa Bay Lightning right now.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. You look at Tampa, just uh, two points back and two games in hand. But first and foremost, I want to ask you about Showtime, Patrick Kane. If you're the Leafs, should you be interested? If you're Kyle Dubas, should we should you be interested in Patrick Kane? pending ufa uh still monitoring that situation very very closely because again he holds all the cards in that situation do you feel like the leaf should poke around on a guy like patrick kane
0: i just don't think it's my first choice you know to get one of those top yeah. echelon snipers you look at the the top four that we have and the ability they have i think i think there's a potential to to insert him in there and and almost do damage by disrupting some of the flow they got you know the the Nylander, what he's doing right now in Tavares and, you know, the way Marner can get on fire and the way they played with Matthews. I just think you, you insert him and, you know, we, uh, you didn't mention what we're going to have to give up. You know, you're not yeah. going to necessarily um, get him for free. Obviously, you're going to have to give up a, a pretty good piece, whether it's picks or who knows what, but you're going to be giving up a fair bit for a name like that. And I just think there's uh, there's holes in the roster elsewhere that need to be filled.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that front. I think the the price tag's going to be high up there. And not to mention, who knows if Patrick Kane even wants to play in Canada. From, from all the reports and all the comments following that Tarasenko trade to Broadway, it seemed like Kane would have liked to be a member of the New York Rangers. So obviously, he's got to shift his focus. Maybe he doesn't get traded at all. But I'm just so curious in terms of A, what the value would be in said trade and B, where he would be willing to go. But I'm under the impression if you can get a future Hall of Famer like Patrick Kane, I know he's having a bad season, man. At the very least, I'm doing my due diligence because the the one thing I always remember about Patrick Kane in the Stanley Cup playoffs, he's clutch as hell. And that's the one thing that's been lacking in the arsenal of Toronto is that clutch goal when it matters most. So at the very least, uh, I'd be entrenched in that conversation, at least uh, sniffing around the edges to see what's going on. Again, Darren Dreger coming up in a couple minutes from now. The Atlantic Division standings, Rosie, you alluded to it. Here come the Tampa Bay Lightning. Such a sneaky team, which is crazy to say because they've been to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. But you look now at the standings board there. Two games in hand and they're two points back and suddenly home ice advantage in round one is on. We know it's going to be Toronto and Tampa, but who's going to host game one here?
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I mean, it was kind of a foregone conclusion for a while. Now they're going to play each other. It looked like the Leafs kind of had... Definitely the upper hand on the home ice advantage, but here we go. They've kind of found their way and they're nipping at our heels. And, you know, while we're dropping games to Columbus, it uh, doesn't exactly help. <laughs> but uh, I think we've definitely got a lighter schedule than them coming up here in the next week and a half. And yeah. hopefully we just chip away at some points. And, you know, I think they're playing uh, the Avalanche tonight, which is uh, no slouch yeah. of a team. So all the more reason for the, the Maple Leafs to figure their stuff out and get some uh, get some needed points against these uh this schedule, when it's a little bit lighter, I mean, there's just no excuse not to do anything but rack up some points and try to try to create some distance from Tampa again.
3: Yeah, Tampa's just really starting to flex as of late. You you referenced the Avalanche, I believe it was last Thursday. They just, they just stomped a mud hole in them uh, at Amalie Arena, by the way. But no, Kale McCarr in the lineup. I don't know if he's going tonight, but. I think the Avalanche are just, you know, they're a wounded team right now. Obviously, winning the Stanley Cup last year. And then you look conversely at Tampa, it's like they just don't skip a beat. And you wonder if eventually, like, fatigue's going to catch up to them. And it just doesn't, Rosie. Yeah,
0: it's interesting, man. I mean, they have just, I don't know if you can name a team that's been as consistent as them in the last four or five years i mean you look back to the old the boston teams the pittsburgh teams maybe the chicago teams from you know kind of that decade ago 2010 and earlier era pretty solid teams and i mean they're rattling off cups for sure and that's what tampa's kind of been doing as you said three times in the stanley cup finals and here we go again and not to say woe is me but of course you know they're in the same division as as our Toronto Maple Leafs and lo and behold the Boston Bruins are having a historic season as well. It's just there's just no breaks for the Leafs in this division and it's it's difficult and they know that and we have fallen victim to that time and time again. And you know, we just gotta put ourselves in a position to not let it happen again. But man, the teams surrounding us do not make it any easier, do they?
3: No, they don't. and And certainly, I think you look way behind still twelve, fourteen points back. It's the Florida Panthers, and they're really starting to cook. Like, you know, I was talking about this on the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast yesterday uh, alongside Pete Jensen, how, for the first time in a couple years, because last year at at uh, at around the all-star break and deadline time, there was certainly no conversation about who was getting in, who was getting out in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Eastern Conference, We have a bit of a fight in our hands, you know, when it comes to the wild card positioning, whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's Washington, the Islanders, the Florida Panthers uh, mix in the conversation. But I don't think in my wildest dreams, even considering what we saw from the Panthers, that blockbuster trade, that they'd be involved in this type of scenario conversation where they not that they have to win out, but they have to go on a massive run just to make the postseason this year, Rosie, which is incredible.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild after the season they had last last year to be at the top and uh and to get swept in the swept in the first round, fire their coach, unload a bunch of players and it was quite the wild deal and i mean that's kind of what i'm talking about this trade deadline everyone's talking about oh throw this guy on this throw this guy on that team and let's get this and it seems like people don't talk enough about what you got to give up and what you got to sacrifice to get those guys and just because they're a solid player doesn't necessarily mean it's a good fit and you got to be careful when you're you know in the trade deadline and you get a little bit too horny and you start pulling triggers and yeah. you got to worry about like, do we actually make our team better? Cause the last thing you want to do is disrupt the dressing room or the chemistry or whatever's going on in that uh, locker room and give up a whole bunch of stuff just to not necessarily make your team better. And obviously, it was different circumstances between, you know, the Panthers and the Flames here this offseason. But there's definitely some big time movement and neither of their teams necessarily got better. At least they certainly didn't on paper this year. So interesting to see what's going to happen. I know it'd be interesting to talk to Dregs here and and see what he's got cooking up in the
3: background. Yeah, we're waiting to link up with Dregs. Um, I was just going to add too, like Matthew Kachuk. Um, it's fascinating because I think he's pretty much been as advertised. It's just the supporting yeah. cast hasn't been the same, in the goaltending situation too, with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight's been hasn't been the same. I should add, Spencer Knight hasn't been the same since uh, early December, where he got sick. I don't think he's made a start since January thirteenth. So they're they're pretty much riding with Bobrovsky. But in my wildest dreams, I could never have forecasted a Boston and be the Florida Panthers to be fighting for their playoff lives right now. But it just shows you the depth of this division. I wouldn't sleep on the likes of Montreal, who've been randomly hot. I thought they're trying to go after Connor Bedard. Evidently not. The Ottawa Senators got a big win last night. Uh, That ruined our bet, by the way. Calgary was in the driver's seat in that game. Then all of a sudden, Ottawa steps up. Uh, Claude Giroux has been on fire. Stutzla was great last night. And... I think that's who you're going to get at Ottawa. Like I I think we've seen the worst out of the Ottawa senators and I think they're trending obviously in the right direction here.
0: Yeah. There's a few teams doing that right now. And I mean, you know, looking at it, we're lucky that the Florida Panthers haven't been on fire. Imagine that trade, like, really stepped up their their play and they're on fire again. They're having a great season and all of a sudden they're at the top of the division as well and battling with our Leafs again too. It could be a totally different story. So it's almost like a bit of a blessing that they're out of there, but then you kind of switch hands with Boston Bruins who are, you know, top of the standings, obviously having the season they are. So, um equally as difficult but i mean if you if you want to look at the positives it could be even more difficult if the panthers weren't uh having this anomaly that they're having trying to get themselves back on track after a great season last year but just goes to show anything can happen and after this trade deadline man teams are going to put the hammer down for the playoffs and it's uh you know the cream's going to rise to the top and it'll be interesting to see how everything shuffles out it's uh it's a pretty solid season it looks like everything's kind of set in stone but at the end of the day crazy things do happen and and people are going to put the hammer
3: down here after the deadline yeah, without question, the next three weeks are going to be nuts. So uh, let's bring in today's guest, TSN's hockey insider from the Rain Dregs podcast as well. It is Darren Dregger. Dregs, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Happy Valentine's Day. I think we lost him, him again. <laughs> we'll try to get him. He just got kicked off his phone. Uh, my mistake on that front. So we'll try to connect here with uh, with Dregs momentarily. But yeah, that's that's the big thing to me. I think when you look at the division in general, um, you know, just to kick about, uh, you know, you look at the Boston Bruins, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, the Maple Leafs. That, that that's the biggest curiosity for me is home ice. But you know, from your perspective, being a former player in this league, uh, does it matter as much to you who has home ice in round one here with Toronto and Tampa? Because we all saw what happened last spring, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> there's no
0: guarantees you get home ice. There's no guarantees you're gonna, you know, it's gonna produce the wins when you're on home ice. You still got to win it, but it's just nice to be in your home rink, to eat the same food you normally do, to sleep in your own bed. And it it is a bonus. You're playing in front of your crowd. I mean, there's a whole new vibe of the playoffs and it's just this energy and excitement where it's kind of hard to match. And to do that with your fans being all fired up and, you know, with the Maple Leafs record at home and the way Samsonov plays at home, it's been... It's been something you want you want to be able to stack on top of. And when you're going to the most important games of the year, man, if you can get those you know two wins at home to start the thing, I mean, you're absolutely in the driver's seat. and when you're when you're playing on the road, you know you're kind of hoping for a split, right? So I mean, it doesn't get any easier in the playoffs, but that home ice advantage kind of is something that you want. And if you if you take it to game seven, man, you want to be on home ice for game seven. You, you want them to be staying in the hotel, you want them to be, you know doing last change all the things that come with home ice advantage you want to have on your side so it'll be interesting and i think that's going to be the big fight we're watching down the barrel here with the maple leafs is uh is, is it can they hold on to home
3: ice so as we look forward to uh connecting here with dregs we will momentarily uh what, what's your read on the deadline rosie um obviously we've gone back and forth the last little while 4d 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 Uh, Maybe we're back in the conversation about adding a forward, maybe not, but where do you stand in terms of that conversation? If you're Cal Dubas, what are you looking to do? I know you've been hinting at at sort of getting like a Swiss army knife type player, like Callie Yarncroke.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's where my mind goes. Um, Are D's been pretty solid. It's, and again, we've touched on the fact that it's not necessarily our Achilles heel in the playoffs. It's kind of been that uh that goal that you need and in, in in the offense scored at the right times. So I think, I mean, that's just gotta come from that core four. Those guys are paid the big bucks and they're the big talented guys that that do it all year long. You gotta find a way to do it when it counts. So you gotta just you gotta just assume that they're gonna be ready to play when 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 time hits. And I would like that Swiss Army enough guy in the bottom six who can you know, really prevent the goals, really, you know, stand up and, and block the big shot and kill the big penalty and and then score the big goal. Like you see the guys that win the Stanley Cup, they've got those guys that are depth players, but they can really contribute. And I think something like that really rounds out your forward crew. So if we can get our hands on a guy like that, that can be versatile and actually chip in and and maybe score that big goal that's unexpected, those those guys kind of stand out in the playoffs and they're, they're big
3: contributors to the the good teams that get things done. Okay, I believe we do have uh, Darren Dreger now. Drag, what's going on, buddy? How are you?
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
2: and airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
4: calamity here this morning i apologize uh (laughs) tried to kick in with my laptop which i you know i only do about 15 podcasts a week uh using the same exact setup that i use for sports center here and uh laptop crashed and then I thought I was signed in with my iPhone and then it shut down so hopefully we're good here for a few minutes anyway.
3: It's okay we got you uh, again so thankful of you to make some time I know it's a busy time of year for NHL Insider so we'll get right to the part yeah, of the conversation no <laughs> Rosie and I were just uh, deliberating where do you stand in the convo D or forward and, and what are you hearing on that front when it comes to the Maple Leafs?
4: Well, uh, originally, you want to go back to the start of the year, I, I looked at their defense and thought that that was probably the area that they were going to address. And and if they didn't have deep concern, they had at least some level of concern. You know, they wanted to, to find a way to maybe bump Justin Hall down, all of those things. But as the season has progressed, and then they face the adversity of being without Morgan Riley, without TJ Brody. I mean, they've had issues on their back end, but The group has really come together, and I look at uh, Lilligren, I look at Sandine, even Justin Hall in his defense. I mean, I don't think that that defensive core needs much attention at this point. So that gives the Toronto Maple Leafs a little bit of a luxury, and that shifted, I would say, over the past several weeks. Now they're looking at the wing, and if they can bring in a good piece, uh, and I heard you guys talking a little bit about this, that slides into the top six and you can move Yarncroke down into your bottom six. Well, obviously, you're solidifying your four lines. Easier said than done, fellas. I mean, those wingers aren't growing on trees. Um, you know, Toronto is interested in Ivan Barbashev with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, if you want to go big game hunting, you're looking at Timo Meyer with the San Jose Sharks, even though it's problematic financially when you look at the qualifying offer, then you look at what it's going to take to extend and you look at what you have internally that you're going to have to wrestle with and then the assets that have to go out with it. But I, I now, I believe that Kyle Dubas is staying in all of those conversations and his primary want is to add that winger. So let's see if he gets it done. Those are two names, but obviously there are names that maybe we haven't established yet in the insider business or names that maybe haven't quite hit the, the market yet depending on where clubs are at, position 17 days before
3: the deadline. So to the best of your knowledge, uh, and I'm sure you've seen the news now, Vladislav Gavrikov here of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, do you think that yeah. that's something the Leafs would be poking around on? And can you set the record straight on the trade-related reasons like we saw with Chikrin on the weekend? Is this pretty much just asset protection all over again? Yeah,
4: it is. Um a little bit unique, if not bizarre, with Jake Chickern and the Arizona Coyotes. Now, you got to be careful with these things. It it felt like a deal was real close, if not imminent, which is a word that I loathe this time of year, and, and then it didn't materialize. There are some out there who think that the Coyotes may be backed out of a deal. But guys, I've been in this a long time. Normally, when something like this happens, you can connect team A to team B pretty quickly on the trade front and no one has been able to do that specific to Jake Checker. Is it the Los Angeles Kings? Well, LA sources up until even yesterday were saying that they didn't believe that they were close on anything. I got a funny feeling the Boston Bruins are gonna climb into this discussion if they're not already in. And if it's not Checker, maybe it is Vladdy Gabrikoff, right? Uh, But our sources out of Columbus telling us that this is just trade protection, making sure that the asset uh, doesn't get injured because then he becomes worthless between now and, and the end of the year. And, you know, they had some on-again, off-again discussions on potentially extending Gavrikov with the Blue Jackets, and that didn't seem to, to go anywhere. So it has to be inch, inching closer. If you're your K. you're um, Billy Armstrong with the Arizona Coyotes, you've had ample conversation with the most interested general managers. You know what the trade parameters look like. So it does feel like it's just a matter of time now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that either Columbus or Arizona are only dealing with one team at this point. There's probably two or three still in the mix.
0: Dregs, what's your, what's your feeling this, uh, this year? I know you've been doing this for a long time, and do, do you get a sense of if it's going to yeah. be a big splash year, if it's going to be a little bit quieter, or do you not usually get to know that until after it's all said and done?
4: Yeah, you don't, Rosie, you don't. Um, you know, there have been years, and maybe this year fits into that, where it feels like because of the quality of the players that we've been talking about here, that it should be a good trade deadline. You know, and then you see Bo Horvat go to the New York Islanders from the Vancouver Canucks, and Tarasenko goes to the New York Rangers. That gets that wheel turning, right? Because the Rangers are looking at the Islanders and going, okay, well, <clears throat> there's a team in the East that got quite a bit better here. Uh, So then the Rangers strike with Tarasenko out of the St. Louis Blues, and that's caught the attention of the rest of the teams in the East. So there can traditionally be a snowball effect, which isn't great for guys like me, because Hmm. you'll want to be able to continue to chew on some of the bigger names and the bigger stories right up to March 3rd. But that's... That's historically not been the reality. I I think in the next week here, uh, maybe even before that, we're going to see some of these bigger names tumble. And when you look at the East and you look at the West, okay, I mentioned Boston as being potentially a player in all of this. Well, the Bruins don't have anything to worry about. They want to improve their roster, but they're not on the outside looking in like some of these other teams. Like if you're, you're Rob Blake and the Los Angeles Kings, that West is a dog's breakfast right now. And look, I, I, I think Colorado's making the playoffs all day long. But I also think Colorado is going to do something to try and improve their their chances. Well, that means that LA's got a strike. You know, what about Calgary? I mean, there's a team that's nibbling at a playoff spot. So I think that there are a number of factors that are going to encourage some deals in the day ahead, days ahead, which may not bode well for some of those bigger names still being in play on March third.
3: Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. How reactionary do you think the Leafs have to be? Like we saw Boston link to Horvat. Uh, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, Chickering yeah. in that conversation too. Uh, if you're Cal Dubas, do you have to be reactionary? Because you know, Tampa's going to do something, right?
4: Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, reactionary to
4: a point, right? Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think Toronto looks at its roster the same as as most of us do. I I think that they feel pretty good, but I heard you guys talking about. You know, what the the outlier game, is it fair to call that game in the back-to-back versus Columbus an outlier? They've had a few of those this year. It would be more concerning to me if I were with the organization at the lack of response in the follow-up. I actually, we did that game on TSN on Friday. I thought Toronto, for the most part, played pretty well. And you're coming off a long break, and it looked like all the principal pieces were ready to roll. Um, And then you watch those same men play on, on Saturday, and they look completely out of sorts. That looked like a game that they should have played the night before. You know, I don't think that there's there's any panic, though, around that group. They feel like they've matured. If you look at some of the, the things that we've seen from Sheldon Keefe at varying points this year, right, going back to training camp when he's barking at the guys on the ice. I mean, he's kept a pretty tight leash on this group. I don't think that that's going to change. But they would look around the, the league and, and certainly the Eastern Conference and go, okay. You know, it looks like we're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning around one of the playoffs. You know, is, 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 I think they're less worried about home ice and just more worried about how they're going to stack up, not just against Tampa Bay, but how do they get better? And I feel like we've already talked about that. Um, you know, let's, let's also keep an eye on goaltending here, right? Dubas has gone out of his way to say, look, we don't feel like we've got to improve that area. And they do like the depth that they've got. You know, we had a quick look at Joe Hall. Uh, Wall, I should say, you've got Chalgren who's back up now. Uh, They're confident Matt Murray is going to get healthy. But that's where, to me, you start to get a little bit more reactive. And you've got 17 days to figure that out. If Kyle Dubas feels, based on what he sees in goaltending between now and the trade deadline, that he's got to add at least something, well, then that gets more reactive than, I think, adding the piece that we've talked about up front or even adding some depth on defense. For sure. Yeah, Dregs, I get
0: I get annoyed sometimes when you're on Twitter and whatnot and fans are going, let's grab this guy and let's grab that guy and we need to add this and Ooh. add that. And I just don't think they pay enough attention to, A, how difficult it is to get yeah. a deal done, and, B, if you just want that guy, it's not yeah. you're not just cherry-picking down at the apple orchard and just grabbing whatever the hell you want. <laughs> no. People don't really pay attention to what you have to give up to get, to get one of these guys yeah. that may not necessarily even benefit your team. And I think that's always no. lost in the shuffle of trade deadline on how difficult that can be.
4: agree and I'm glad you brought that up because I deal with it every single day and it's a big part of the reason why I'm not nearly as active on Twitter as an example as I once was because you can get sucked into that vortex too right Um, but it's so difficult and look I mean of course Kyle Lewis would love Timo Meyer. why wouldn't he I mean he'd be almost perfect he's a big 6-2 winger who plays the game you know as well as you would want The problem isn't necessarily the pieces that have to go out, even though from Kyle's perspective, maybe that is problematic. It's how do you manage it after that fact? And when you're a cap team like the Leafs, you don't really know what the salary cap is going to climb to for next year. You know, is it staying at the 1 million flat? Could it go up to 3 million if the Players Association engages? Yeah, all of those things could happen. But those are the decisions and things you have to worry about before you activate on a trade that from a fan perspective seems pretty obvious. It is never obvious and it is always difficult when you're a cap team.
3: Where does Matthew Nice fit in this conversation? Uh, we're, we're pumped up to say that Nice is going to be guesting on this show tomorrow. Yeah. We're pre-recording with him later on, but where does he oh, fit in nice. this conversation? What, what, what's the latest you hear on, on the rel- reluctancy maybe to trade him?
4: Well, there's reluctancy because, you know, he's considered an A-list prospect. Now, let's, let's just define prospect here for a moment. That means that he's got an opportunity and a great opportunity to slide into the National Hockey League and potentially be a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs future. There's no guarantee of that. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're drafting first overall or you're looking at you know a good player like Matthew Nye coming out of the NCAA. There's no guarantee he's going to develop the way you need him to develop. Um, so I don't I, I know Toronto hasn't shot Matthew Nyes. I think that they see good potential in Nyes, maybe at the end of, of this season when his year wraps up in the NCAA, but you have to be open to having a conversation with other general managers, right? I mean, if somebody you know has has a, a keen thought on Matthew Nyes and it brings you that piece that you feel is going to make you that much better, it has to be considered. I don't think Kyle is worried about his, his contract at all. Not even a little bit, because I think that he feels that the body of the work that he's done as general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs has more than earned him a contract extension. Um, but there is something about winning now that also matters. So, you know, if you feel like that piece is attainable, but you've got to throw Matthew Nyes at a first round pick, it better be the piece that that you know is, is going to give you a better chance of winning than the one that you have right now. So he's not untouchable, but I know that the Maple Leafs brass have high value for him and they think he's going to be a good NHL player.
3: Which makes sense, obviously, which leads us into the conversation we were having before you came on, Aaron, and, and that's Patrick Kane. Um, what, what's the latest you're hearing on that yeah. front? Obviously, we hear his comments following the Tarasenko trade, and do you think there's any <laughs> chance in hell that the Leafs sniff around on that?
4: <laughs> uh, it would be a bit of a challenge, um, but sniff around, again, you know, we, we get into a game of semantics here, right? It's just, I'm reminded of Kevin Adams kind of having to set the record straight um, when Timo Meyer was attached to the Buffalo Sabres, you know, weeks ago. Well, you're not doing your job as an NHL general manager if you're not having those conversations. I mean, how do you know that Patrick Kane can't be a, a good fit in Toronto if we haven't explored the possibility? So I'm pretty sure that Kyle Dubas would have had that conversation. But I also know, guys, why the New York Rangers made the move on Tarasenko that they did, and they didn't wait a little bit longer on Patty Kane. And the reason is they felt that there was too much risk and too much danger in waiting. That's number one. I mean, the Rangers feel like they're a really good team. They couldn't miss. They had to add an element to their lineup That was going to make them better and add a difference maker component and they did that in Tarasenko I mean it was obvious he scored in his first game with the New York Rangers then the second part of this is all right well what is the ask for Patrick Kane and Chris Drury would have had conversations you know with Kyle Davidson to find out what the the parameters were and thirdly which maybe is element two on this list of criteria what about his health right Kane made a point in in talking about um, you know, how disappointed he was that, you know, the Rangers didn't turn out to be a fit for him. Instead, to go with Tarasenko, um, of, of pointing and talking about his injury speculation and saying he feels better now than he did a year ago. But that hip could still be problematic. And guys, I could tell you, of all the teams that I talked to, and it's not like there are 10 teams that are interested in Pat Kane. There could be 10 teams interested. His short list is probably one, two, maybe three teams maximum. And I would say the same of Jonathan Tate. But that injury concern is legit. So I know it was legit for the New York Rangers. So why wouldn't it be legitimate for the Toronto Maple Leafs or any other team that thinks that Patrick Kane might be a fit?
3: Lastly, uh, I got a taste of this last week when I had mm-hmm. the intel on Sammy yeah. Bay and I put it out there. I wanted to ask you about being an NHL insider. Mm-hmm uh when did that start what's it like to be an insider and just like i just even that one little thing i'm like oh crap like you hope you hope your source is right right
4: yeah no you know for me it started years ago uh when i was working alongside nick kiprios at, at sportsnet and at that point you know i was hired as a host but i You know, I grew up in the game. Um, Many of of, uh, the people that I knew at that point, entry level for me, were making their way in the National Hockey League that I rode buses with in junior hockey and got to know in my my play-by-play days uh, years ago with the Brandon Wheat Kings. And, you know, connections that you you make along those paths. And where it started, it's kind of a weird story. And I wouldn't say it was the first trade that I broke back in the day, but I literally got a call. I think it was Tony Amante at the time. And he was uh, standing beside a good buddy of mine, um, uh, Kelly Buckberger. We grew up together in Langeburg's Saskatchewan. But then I get this call, and it's from Bucky, and he's like, hold on a sec. And Amante's like, yeah, Drake's, it's Tony Amante. Uh, look, heads up, I've just been traded. <laughs> and automatically, you're like, oh, geez, well, that doesn't happen ever very often. So, you know, we didn't have social media at that point. So I think I broke it either while we we're on set a trade deadline or threw it out there on the website. Um, And then more and more of that kind of started to to happen and I started, you know, getting some recognition for breaking the odd story. So I kind of limped into it as a hybrid hockey insider and then Bob McKenzie called me in like 2006 and said, look, I'm tired of button heads with you and I need help over here. Like Bob was the lone insider at TSN, right? And I'm tired of smashing my head against the wall with you. So would you consider coming over? And (laughs) that's basically how I made my transition from, you know, host insider to a full time insider.
3: Pretty incredible. Uh, Again, so (laughs) thankful of you to take some time for today and uh, looking forward over the next 17 days, it's going to be mayhem. Make sure to recharge your phone. Okay.
4: Yeah, you bet. I won't have any. Well, hey, based on the technical difficulties that I suffered earlier (laughs) in this conversation, Charging my phone might be better, a bit more of a problem than I'm hoping. Anyway, thanks oh, for having thought. me, guys.
3: Thanks, Drex. Thanks, Take Drex. care. <laughs> uh, what an absolute gem. That's uh, Darren Dreger of TSN, the uh, Ray and Drex podcast. Really, really good content as well. And uh, always thankful of the insider for stopping by here. There's just so much juice out there, and you – It's so hard to sift what's real, what's not. Obviously, you trust somebody like Darren Drager a bit more because of how long he's been in the game. And thats I always like to ask that question, like how did you become an insider or what was the first trade you broke? So that was a cool breakdown.
0: Yeah, I think doing it as long as he has at the level he has, he's probably learned a lot of lessons yeah. about what to say and when to say it. And I can imagine he's got stuff in his uh, in his mind and up his sleeve that he's heard that he just doesn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. talking about, and, and rightfully yeah. so. But I, I bet you every little piece of juice that, that goes around the league comes right to his phone, and that'd be a pretty neat place to be, especially around this time
3: of year. Tell you, man, I was freaking out last week. Uh, I'm sure you saw it on, on Twitter, the Sammy Blay news. It just fell into my na- my lap and I put it out there and I was like, oh crap, be right, be right, be right. Because as you know, in the first couple months here on Twitter, man, it's a scary, scary, dark place sometimes. Anyways, uh, Montana's is not scary. It's bringing back the viewing party with Daily Deals in 2023. It's Tuesday, $5 tacos on Tuesday. What a better way to spend Valentine's Day if you ask me. And we're giving away a $100 gift card. On Friday, So make sure you like this post that we have on the screen. Follow at Montana's BBQ and TLNDC on social and tag TLNDC and Montana's BBQ with a photo of you and your crew at Montana's enjoying some eats and enjoying the game and you'll be eligible to win a $100 gift card giveaway right there on your screen. And we've been, Montana's has been killing it for us, Rosie. I love it.
0: Yeah, seriously, they've like quadrupled their uh, gift cards there. And, uh, you know, with Mm -hmm. the deals they have, I think that would go a long way. So pretty awesome to partner up with them. And uh, I'm due to take the wife out actually for a $5 taco night too. So maybe tonight we can uh, switch the plans up and head to Red Deer for some Montana's.
3: I love it. Uh, The wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points by Canada. There it is. All right, Rosie, Cha-ching. I'll be honest. Yeah, exactly. Cha-ching is wrong when it comes to last night. We were on the Calgary Flames. We were feeling good about the Calgary Flames. Markstrom was dialed in, but not really because Ottawa wasn't really tested him. And I don't know what happened. That's just a bad, bad beat, um, a, a bad loss in terms of betting. And we're going to get on back on, on the saddle tonight. You got the reins here well we 'll see we 'll
0: see here i am uh, i 'm looking towards the Pittsburgh Penguins game here. You saw on the weekend Sidney Crosby uh, was getting into some extracurricular activity after the whistles got his first misconduct in about twelve hundred games, which mm-hmm. is quite impressive. impressive. I doubt very much he deserved it, and the look on his face would say so as well, but I think he 's going to come out with a little bit of vigor a little bit pissed off and remind everybody who he is so i 've got him. With the points tonight at over 1.5, I think he's going to put two up on the board. You know the way he can dish and finish, and I think he's going to be playing with a little extra vigor tonight, and you can get that at plus 170, so remember, you don't have to put down a huge bet to make quite a bit back. That's why uh, that's why I go with those bets. I like the value in it, and I just think Sidney Crosby is a point-making machine. He's over a point a game this year, so that's where my head's at, and fingers crossed we nail
3: one. Plus money, Rose Hill strikes again. I like the angle, by yeah. the way, coming off uh, being kicked out of a hockey game. Nobody should ever kick Sidney Crosby out of a hockey game. I'm sorry to disclose that here on this show, but it just ain't right. Um, so I, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to be a bit angry and uh, fired up to play the San Jose Sharks tonight. Uh, so that's going to tie a bow on this masterpiece. I know we've got a, uh, gone a bit long, but when you get Darren Dreger on, you get Darren Dreger on, you, you don't. you don't rush things uh so very thankful to dregs for hopping on here from tsn from the rain dregs podcast we got to mention as well got a big time interview later this afternoon with uh i guess he's the maple Leafs top prospect matthew Nyes. yeah we're sitting down with matthew Nyes over zoom in a couple hours from now we're gonna play that interview to you in its entirety coming up tomorrow can't wait to grill him obviously it sounds like he could be the uh, front runner for the hobie baker right now rosie
0: yeah, that's impressive. That is a big time award. There is a lot of D1 mm-hmm. college teams out there, a lot of leagues and a lot of good players and more and more players are going that route lately. And to be in that conversation or to even win that thing is super impressive. And i like to grill him at where his head's at right now as being uh, the number yeah. one Maple Leafs prospect, which we've seen many, many people do before. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but it seems like he's kind of got an extra, an extra notch to
3: his caliber. Buds, his stock is going like that right now. Just reading social media and what people are talking about and saying it. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time over the next couple of weeks. And uh, obviously, there's a, there's a reason why the Leafs seem to be reluctant, reluctant I should say, to trade Matthew Nyes. And so the Nyes interview is coming up tomorrow. We're going to leave it at that. Uh, many thanks to Darren Drager. And uh, thanks to you, Rosie. We'll talk tomorrow for the Wednesday edition where we tee up the Hawks and the Leafs from Scotia Bank Arena. And again, Matthew Nyes is coming up. Take care.